0: Que pasa, que pasa, que pasa, loyal members of the Wrestle Talk family. It is your boy, the Night Out, checking in from the heartland of the good old US of A, Kansas City. And allow me to be the first to welcome you all in to episode 370 of the Wrestle Talk podcast. Now, if you guys saw the poster, You may be under the impression that this is episode 369. It's actually 370. Nevertheless, we are uh, pleased and honored to have all you guys with us. We're not going to ask you for much. Just interact with the show if you want to be a part of it. Shoot either one of us or the show a message privately or on the uh, message boards there on our social. We'll send you a link and we can have you join us. Also, I don't know if you guys noticed, kind of, Mess around with the background a little bit. Trying to upgrade for the good people out there. Hopefully you guys love and appreciate that. Now, we do have a jam-packed show. And because I haven't been here for several weeks, we haven't had the opportunity to give our way our WWE Honky Tonk Man action figure. So if any of you guys out there got the balls, you got the nerve to call in with a hot take, If we deem it worthy, we will send you out the Honky Tonk Man action figure at absolutely no cost to you. So with all that being said, I do have a partner in crime that's going to be joining here to me tonight. It is the one and only representing the beautiful state of West Virginia. Friends, welcome him with a warm round of applause, the one and only hardcore
1: hoax hey what's up renee how's it going tonight i'm doing great bro
0: i'm feeling fantastic and i'll tell you what else man it's been a couple of weeks since your boy's been live right here on the wrestle talk podcast bro and i missed it i miss being here and talking professional wrestling with all the loyal members of the wrestle talk family man and that is a hundred percent shoot my friend
1: well, we've missed having you. It's great to have you back. You know, it, it was a heck of a show last week, and, and you know, it wasn't the same without you there, I tell you.
0: Well, thank you so much, bro. And I know, though, that the members of the Talk family kept you company. And from what I saw, it was a fantastic show, not only because you were there, but Luke Skywalker Roberts was in the house. We got a little bit of the maestro. Big Sexy STL jumped in and showed some love. And you know what? We might actually have them join us this week as well to talk to us about AEW Rampage in St. Louis. And who knows? We might even have a couple of folks call in that were there for the AEW Dynamite show in Independence, Missouri, which is closer to to the Kansas City side of the state. You never know what's going to happen here on the Russell Talk Podcast. The only thing we can promise you is we're going to give you some free shit, <laughs> and we're going to talk some wrestling and have a damn good time doing it. Ain't that right, House?
1: As always, my man, it's good to be here, and we always have a great time no matter what.
0: Wait, okay, I got to be honest. You kind of threw me off there a little bit. I kind of threw you the softball and was waiting for – That's right. (laughs) Dude, I'm going to tell you something. Um, I love your T-shirt, and it's relevant today because a lot of big news today. We are officially retiring the Carl Lewis um, anthem that we've been doing now for about 300 episodes. Why, Night Out? Why are you canceling? That was my favorite part of the show. Crazy thing is, it was probably my favorite part of the show, too. But you guys are not going to believe this. Somebody get um the got him drop ready. The Carl Lewis National Anthem botch is actually copyrighted. So we can no longer use it and monetize these shows. So we had to find something else. Ain't that right, Hoss? That's right, <laughs> but yeah, we were quite disappointed to find out that it was already taken, and the internet was like, <laughs> <laughs> got <he. laughs> Gotti!" <he. laughs> oh boy, uh, you know what? I gotta, I gotta send my uh, consigliere a quick message here because I happen to forget the most important, the most important tool when it comes to. Uh me doing the show. Um, there we go. And that is my Wrestle Talk Podcast mug. I left it in the cooler, forgot to bring it, and I can't enjoy these cold beverages without making sure that they're gonna taste 17.5 percent more delicious. I mean, I, I I'm gonna wait for my mug to come in because it just doesn't feel right without a Wrestle Talk podcast mug. I'm gonna be honest.
1: Well. Yeah, Rick Ruby our man there. Shout out to him. Yeah, and and he's glad that we're changing it up because he says Carl never made it up to us.
0: <laughs> That's true. All of us, you, Joey, Maestro, everybody was like, "Yo, one day he's gonna he's gonna come back and he's gonna sing that thing like John Legend," and he never did. So, <laughs> now here's the million dollar question, Hoss. Number 1, where the hell's my mug? Number 2, Do we have the new national anthem ready for the people?
1: If you can give me.
0: I can buy you some time. I I got no problem. I I I can do the sponsors real quick. Are you good with that?
1: You know what? Something uh, to be honest, something is not working with my jingle palette tonight.
0: Okay. No worries. We can play it another way if need be, but I'm going to give you a few seconds to see if we can get it up and running. If not, We'll go to plan B. But anyway, guys, before we move on with tonight's show and all the rest of our shenanigans, let me take a second to thank our wonderful sponsors, starting with Everything Combat, Kincade Arcade, Esports Bar KC, Interstate 70 Sports Media, Royal Mills Transportation, Painter's Dream Production, Wrathbum Engraving, and the FWWC. Spring, speaking of wrath engraving, I sent a message to my guy and I still don't have my mug. There we go. Well, what do you? Okay, I see your That's, wheels turning, Haas. What's going on?
1: Uh, I'm still working on it, but let me tell you that that, that is a big problem when you don't have your mug.
0: Yeah, dude, I feel like uh, I feel like empty, like literally I'm supposed to have a glass full of beer and I don't right now. So I I literally and figuratively feel empty. But but anywho, we'll hit the Carl Lewis. Well, It's not the Carl Lewis anymore. What are we even going to call it? I know. I know. <laughs> oh, you're going to love this, bro. You're not you're not ready. I'm just letting you know right now. And some of you guys may have seen this before, and that's okay. Um, But what I am going to tell you is that we had to retire the Carl Lewis because, again, we were getting hit with copyright every single stinking week. And honestly, I I got tired of it. I said to myself, boom, how about that? Thanks, bud. Um, I was saying to myself, well, we got to do something about this because – Quite honestly, at some point, the show is going to want to continue to evolve and grow and, you know, maybe even make some money down the road. Who knows? I'm going to be optimistic about it. But if we continue to get hit with copyright claim, then that's really never going to happen. So what we got to do is introduce a new national anthem until the Internet tells us that we can't use it anymore. My question is, John. Are you ready, or do you want me to take it on my end?
1: Let me give you the try, but if it doesn't work, you'll have to hit it on your end. Let's do it. But let's give it a try here. Nope, still not going to work. Oh. So the sounds might be on you tonight, my guy. Oh, wow, really? You know what? I ain't never scared.
0: Let's do it. All right, guys, so let me go ahead and pull this up then. (laughs) I promise it's going to be worth the wait. And if it's not, well, too bad. Sorry, guys. All right. Here we go. I'm going to actually open up the screen, hit a little bit of a share here. Just remember,
1: for those who are glad Carl Lewis is gone, things can always be worse. Just remember.
0: Yes. Yes. Rick Ruby <laughs> and the rest of the fam, remember, you asked for it. Here, here it is. is. Copyright that, you <laughs> I can't right now. Here, the end is the best. Ba- thank you san diego (laughs) oh wow so there it is folks unfortunately that is going to uh be replacing the legendary carl lewis drop that you guys have come to know and love now for over 300 and what 300 plus episodes i don't know if it's been all 370 but it's been a crap load of episodes so With all that said, JP, I know we got a lot of business to get to today. Why don't we go ahead and cue up a little bit of that uh, DJ money as we get ready to talk all things professional wrestling with the members of the WrestleTalk family. Remember, we are giving away the Honky Tonk Man action figure, guys. All you got to do is be a part of the show and bring the heat and then you can win a free action figure. I mean, do. And, and by the way, if somebody wants to splice and merge the Carl Lewis and Roseanne and do a remix, we will gift you something.
1: <laughs> if somebody's
0: willing to do that and we can use that and not get copyrighted, <laughs> then we will gift you something. Because I think it would be more than worth it. What do you think, Oz? <laughs>
1: that would just be... Legendary. That's the only thing I can say is something else. <laughs> all right,
0: guys. Well, here we go. We're going to talk all things wrestling. Let us know if you want to be a part of the conversation. Shout-outs coming to you shortly. But first, let's hear from our boy, DJ Money. Mic check. my check. Yeah. All right.
2: All
1: right. Talk Podcast. DJ Money. Yeah. Let's go. Welcome to High Spots. So we pop news like their job. It's our shop. Coming through the screen. of the laptop. Non-stop, like a the laptop. It's not that like I run asleep
2: with a wagtail. We hit hard like chess shots and backdrops. I just rock flash.
1: We like the like barely i now out hard. We got the speed while they stay slow. Wrestle talk podcast. Now they know. We about to start the show. Uh
0: there it is hardcore hoss we are officially in the wrestle talk podcast high spots segment for episode 370 baby what high spots topic did you want to hit us off with tonight
1: well you know you almost have to start off with the fact that wwe has been releasing more talent You know, were you surprised by any of the names that they released? Because I know there was a couple of them that surprised me.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I don't think I'm going to be breaking any news here. Uh, Shout out. Oh, yeah. I promise shout outs. Shout out to John Fitzgerald. Shout out to Michael. Shout out to Assad. Uh, Shout out to Aaron. Shout out to Susie. Shout out to Rick. Shout out to Monty Shaft. Always looking dapper. Killing the game. Shout out to Big T. Shout out to another Michael, Michael Earl Pam. Shout out to Sunny Money. Shout out to, oh, my bad. I forgot to shout out Virginia. Shout out to Virginia, not just West Virginia. I'm getting eaten up by right now. but And I got a couple of more people that I can't see right now because, uh, the the you know, the stuff is all the way up. But anyway, we appreciate you being here, guys. Hit the share button. And if you want to come on and talk some wrestling with us, we're going to give you a free action figure. It's really that easy. Just shoot us a message. We'll send you the link, and we'll bring you on. Hopefully that sounds cool with everybody. But um, to your question, right off the bat, Bearcat Keith Lee. Uh, we had just had an extensive conversation the last time I was in the show. I believe that was episode three sixty seven. For those keeping track, and we'd educated everybody here uh, on the Wrestle Talk platform as to what the Bearcat name significant uh, or what why it was significant, Uh, what was the backstory, and why we thought it was great. So we defended Keith Lee, and I would dare to say we defended the WWE because we felt like people were too quick to jump down their throats and crush the Bearcat thing. I think fans were starting to finally recognize where that name was coming from and that we were going to see some great things from Keith Lee. He got released. And the other one that some people would say, well, Night Owl, I don't even know how you're surprised, dude. Guy's been trash from the moment that he walked in the door. But honestly, as much time and effort as they put into the guy, not only during his NXT run, he was champion, got injured, came back, regained the championship. But they kind of put a lot of um, resources behind him when he came to the main roster. Not to mention that he had uh, quite a phenomenal piece of eye candy beside him for a very long time in Scarlet Bordeaux. Of course, I'm talking about Karrion Cross, formerly known as Karrion Cross, now back, I believe, to Killer Cross. Those were the two names that really shocked me the most. Everybody else, I'm not going to say I saw it come in, Haas. But those were two individuals that I felt like the company was truly invested in. And I guess at the drop of the hat, they went ahead and cut them. So those are two that pop out immediately off the top of my head. Give me some of yours.
1: Well, those are the two that really surprised me as well. And, you know, I I try to figure out sometimes why uh, they decide to release some of the ones that they do and the only thing I'm coming up with with uh carrying cross is the fact that you know he is linked to the old nxt and uh so I think Vince is trying to get rid of any shred of the old nxt and uh, just you know with the new identity and everything he doesn't want anything that will link to the old identity of nxt
0: well, you know what? I don't know what it is or why there's this desire to completely rebuild NXT from bottom to top and top to bottom. But I thought it was some of the best programming they had for a while there. Um, if anything needs somewhat of a repackaging, a lot of WWE fans would argue that it's Monday Night Raw and not necessarily NXT. The other thing that I find peculiar was somebody that I've been a fan of for a long time, dating back to her stint uh, in Lucha Underground, and that is Tyra Ty, Tyra Valkyrie, uh, La Buena Loca, who um, of AAA fame, then of Lucha Underground, and then I believe she had a stint uh, in MLW as well. She uh, might be more familiar to the casual fan as Frankie Monet, who happens to be married to... Johnny Drip Drip, a.k.a. John Morrison. Now, she is somebody who's incredibly talented, like one of the most talented female workers, I think, of the last 10 years, whether you've heard her name or not. Um, here's why I find that release so interesting, because after the release, Hoss, um, there was like some fans um, addressing why they think she might have been released, And out of the rumor mill came that it was an age factor because Frankie Monet is 37, much like your, your boy here, the night owl, she's 37 and they're saying, Oh, okay. It's part of this new youth influx. And somebody even said that it's some sort of like policy that they're not going to bring anybody to NXT over the age of 28, particularly the females. So I don't like discrimination in any way, shape or form including age discrimination. I think any promotion is going to be more valuable if there's variety. Shout out to my man, Brandon Buck representing the beautiful state of Kansas. Hopefully you had a great time on your vacation. Hopefully you found your shit, my guy. Um, anywho, I just, I would hate to see some sort of confirmation that that was the case, Hoss, because age ain't nothing but a number. Ask DDP. Ask AJ Styles, as some of those other legends that we all know and love that didn't peak until they were after 30. Randy Orton, another example, and I know I'm lumping a lot of people together, I think we're seeing the best version of Randy Orton we've ever seen, or maybe since the Legend Killer run, over the last 18 to 24 months, and he's well over 30. So, I don't know, John. I just hope that's not the case, bro. Because discriminating people for any reason is nonsense, but particularly something as irrelevant as his age. I mean, just talk to your boy Tom Brady, Cal Ripken Jr. All these people were legends late into their 30s and some even into their 40s. So, it just doesn't register with me, bro. Am I tripping?
1: Well, and you talk about discrimination, and I don't know this to be a fact, but I did read one article that said the reason Nia Jax was released was because she refused to get a COVID shot. Now, I don't know that to be the case. Mm. I've also heard that it was that she was actually hurting the other talent, that when she uh, went against Charlotte Flair, she actually was too rough with her. And she was too rough with a lot of the talent, so they released her. But uh, the first thing... Are you saying she got ride backed? (laughs) But yeah, the, the first thing I heard was that she didn't get a COVID shot and that's why they released her. Now, whether right. that's well, her here's, not. here's
0: why I'm going to say that I don't believe that to be the case. The McMahons are notoriously conservative. So, um, I don't know if people know this, but Linda McMahon served under the Trump administration, uh, in the department of education. So, the shot I don't necessarily think would be the reason. And you've got to believe that it was probably more than just Nia Jax within their existential roster that was against the max mandate or the vaccine mandate. It couldn't have just been her. I, I think that I I actually agree with you. I I don't believe that at all, but. You know, But rumors will rumor, won't
1: they? That, that's right.
0: <laughs> I dig it. Well, I guess it's uh my time to bring up a high spot subject. And, guys, we're not selfish, okay? If you want to come on and talk some pro wrestling with us for a couple of minutes before we welcome in our uh, first featured guest of the show, please, please, please uh, feel welcome to do that. Uh, Hoss, I'm going to jump um, in another direction here and leave the WWE alone for a second. Uh, I want to bring your attention to a Twitter exchange between a fan and an executive at AEW. And no, I am not talking about Tony Khan. No, I am talking about the one and only, a man who I think isn't getting enough attention for being one of the best wrestlers alive today, but I definitely think he should. And I'm talking about one, Cody Rose. If I can bring your attention to the image. Down at the bottom, <clears throat> Twitter user Brennan Hughes um, says, Just turn heel, you bum, make fans happy. Or maybe this was in response to Cody. Either way, I think Cody's message says a lot. I want to get your thoughts on it. I want to get the thoughts of the members of the WrestleTalk family, whether it's in the comment section you guys want to come on and join us. And I'll go ahead and read for those who can't see it. Logic may be a hair off. Pretty sure genuine bad guys are intended to make fans angry. If you're clamoring for it, that's not heal. And I quote Cody Rhodes. Hoss, without me interjecting any of my personal opinions, what do you think about that as change and what do you take away from it? <clears throat>
1: Well, you know, I actually didn't see that. So when you just pointed it out, um, this is the first I've seen of it. So I'm not too sure what to make of it just off of that alone. Um, I'd I'd like to know what led up to him actually saying that.
0: Okay.
1: Yeah, before I could really make a decision on.
0: Okay, let's pull from just the evidence that we have in front of us and I'll Bring it back up for you um, just for the sake of uh, making sure we're all on the same page. So Cody responds, um, pretty sure genuine bad guys are intended to make fans angry. If you're clamming for it, it's not heal. So I guess the question I would pose to you, John, is are we in an era now where the lines are so blurred that we can't actually have a genuine heel? Because let me tell you something. Me and a friend of mine, we we've for ages we've been going around, or actually a couple of friends of mine, we've been going on and on about Roman Reigns. When Roman Reigns was trying to be a good guy, they hated him. Now he's a bad guy. They love him. Doesn't that kind of defeat the purpose in a way? I mean, to Cody's point, if you're clamoring for it, then I'm not really a heel. Or are we just living in a completely different era now where it doesn't really matter? The, the fans can boo the heels and then in the same segment, they can boo the baby face. Or is this something that's like exclusive to AEW and not wrestling as a whole? I know that's loaded, but I want your thoughts, Hoss.
1: No, I, I see it even in, uh, indie wrestling, you know, where the heels are getting love from the fans. Um, I think fans are starting to see more of the talent aspect of these superstars, you know, rather than are they heel or are they face, and they're they're giving them love from their talent, um, you know, just like uh, the our first guest that's going to be on tonight, Cisco. He, uh, you know, he had people who who liked him when he was heel, you know, because they saw his talent that he had. He's now become a face in the business, but he had fans that cheered him before. So I, I think people, like I say, are just getting, getting more where they're looking at people's talent versus rather their face or heel.
0: Mm, I think that's a very fair point. And I think uh, Cody's alluding to a lost art in the world of professional wrestling. There are some people, though, who can still manage to be universally hated. And I bring to your attention a man who previously feuded with Cody Rhodes, a gentleman by the name of Maxwell Jacob Friedman. He is so good as a heel. That you can't you can't cheer him even if you like him. And I tend to believe that Roman is kind of the same. No matter how impressed you are and how much you love the fact that he's turned things around, something inside you says, Hey, you know what? I still have to boo this guy. So hopefully that's something that people are able to kind of wrap their heads around. Like, you may be a big fan of what that guy doing, but we as an audience play a part in telling the story. And if we're cheering for the bad guys and booing the good guys, and I know there's always going to be a certain segment of smarks out there that got to make it all about their effing selves. And they want to clap for the heels and boo the babies and be the loudest person in the crowd. Hey, I used to be that guy. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> but then I started to understand how hard the talent works to get their shit over. And I'm like, man, I'm just, I'm i I'm gonna play along. You know what I mean? i gonna play my role as an audience member instead of trying to be over here, drawing all the attention to myself, which I'm interested to ask El Matón, Like I want to ask him like, bro, do you ever get that situation where you feel like the fans are trying to take some of your heat away? So I know he's working on setting up his camera and stuff. He'll be with us here in just a matter of moments, but bro, I think that'd be a real interesting question to ask somebody who's actually in the business. What do you what do you think about that, Hoss?
1: Well, and you know, Andre Suarez, who owns WDWA Wrestling, actually dropped in on this. Oh, time out. Time out.
0: Hold that thought. I just want to say, people, when I say, yo, if you want to get noticed, come on the show. Because promoters watch us, ring announcers watch us, wrestlers watch us, fans watch us and stuff. And that's no cap because you know my guy Andres, there he is watching. So, so y'all already know, no bullshit. When I say legit ass promoters and hardworking people in this business, my man Jerry Bostic was in here a couple of weeks ago. I think we had a uh, uh, Gil, uh, Dwayne Gil, Gilberg in here just checking out the show a couple of weeks ago. So, y'all already know the Wrestle Talk podcast don't play that shit. But anyway, go ahead and read the message, bro, because it's a good one. What do you got, Host?
1: Yeah, he says. Uh you think the new era where fans don't care if you are a heel or face, a good example of that is at the WDWA, the new heavyweight champion is Israel Sharif Fakur. And he was actually cheered by about a third of the fans when he won the title, which we'll be having Israel on here in a couple weeks, but uh, he won the title. He was cheered by fans, but he's a heel. He's, he plays an Iraqi. I don't want to say terrorist, but you know he plays an Iraqi guy there. And let's say
0: he's an extremist. Let's just call him that. How about so
1: it? so people people tend to boo him just because he's Iraqi. And you know, of course, there's always the USA chance and everything. By else. the way, I'm all
0: about. The country based gimmicks. I think it's some of the best gimmicks ever. Uh, the Nikolai Volkov gimmick, the Iron Sheet gimmick, which is a matter of fact, <laughs> fucking <you shit>! <laughs> all those gimmicks get over huge. I love them, and I know people real sensitive about stuff like that, but man, just leave that shit at the door. Come in, enjoy the show. And oh, he's Iranian, by the way. Uh, like the Sheiky yeah. Baby. But yeah, yeah, man,
1: I think there's room for any of it, man. You know what I mean? So yeah, so I mean he's he's getting cheers and He's a heel, so yeah. That's that's another example where they're they're cheering the talent. They're not caring whether you're face or heel.
0: No doubt, no doubt. Well, John, I'm going to actually take a bit of a back step here and allow you to do an appropriate introduction for our upcoming guest, bro. Why don't you go ahead and get a set up?
1: All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's bring in a man here who he has wrestled in several different uh, branches. He's held many titles, and he is uh, just an all-around good guy himself. He is the one, the only. He is El Maton Cisco.
0: Yo, qué pasa, qué pasa, qué pasa, homie. Thank you for being here.
3: Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. It's an honor, myself. You know, to see myself on the camera.
0: Hey, <laughs> well, just to let you know, you already got fans in the Midwest. I'm in KC. You know, John's over in Virginia, but we're seen in over 40 countries, bro. So, Wrestle Talk, we're doing big things over here, just like you, my guy. Well, that's
3: good to hear. That's good to hear. You know, big things popping, you know. Yes, sir. That's how we do it around here.
0: <laughs> well, with that said, I got a boatload of questions, but John, why don't you go ahead and lead off this interview, man? What do you got for us?
1: So I I know uh, as I was saying a little bit ago not too long ago you were actually more of a heel and uh, people were booing you and everything and then you had a match against Shane Malice where you actually beat him and ever since then people have been cheering you it, it turned you into a face. And so what was it like the first time you came through the curtains and got the cheers from the crowd, you know, what, what were you thinking? What was that like for you?
3: You know, it's just a, just an all around experience. Like you no know, other, like the adrenaline rush before you even walk out there, you know, like the blood flowing and you just, well, I got to calm myself down. I'm starting to feel it now. God damn miss being in there.
0: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's go right, bring let's, out the emotion, baby. We love it.
3: I know it's just like, it, it's hard to explain, you know, because you just go out there and just the roar of everyone just chanting your name It's just it's just a feeling like you just no other, man. It's just you gotta be in that spot to
1: know. Yeah, because I know I spoke with you after that match and said something and you said then you, you weren't expecting the the uh, cheers and stuff that you got. Yeah, as much as you
3: did. yeah, that was totally new to me, you know. I'm used to people like just putting the thumbs down, whatever. I'm used to just kicking people in the face and then <laughs> getting the shit end of the stick for that one. But, <laughs> you know, it was just a different feeling, you know, six years in the business. And that's like one of the first pops I get. I just, it's just hard to explain, you know, it's a different vibe, but definitely a good one. Definitely set me on a good path and looking forward to seeing what things go in the future.
0: Oh, and let me interject and say this. The young lady who officiated that match is actually our second-hour guest. So shout-out to official Danica, who will be here with us in about an hour. So hopefully you think she called it down the middle and did a good job, right? She said it was very intense. Had to be a tough match to referee.
3: Oh, absolutely. You know, Shane Mouse match is always hard to referee because – were everywhere and especially you throw the lumberjacks in there. Oh man, it was chaos. Freaking nightmare. Like I didn't even know what was going on half the time, you know? <laughs> I think I was sitting there fighting the wrong dude for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was it, it was something, but she definitely called it right down the middle. Regardless of what he wants to say, you know, he has his own Yeah, I'm sure Shane would disagree.
2: <laughs>
3: it, them them two have their own personal issues, but professionally, I think she called it down the middle. I think she, it went how it should have. He he might have just been whining. I don't know. But t- temper seemed to flare. So I guess we'll see what happens down the road if he decides to show back up in WDWA. Mm. Of
1: course, he's been fired. So that's, that's up to uh, the Latin tornado there.
0: By and
3: by the way, things are always up for debate. So well, we got a you pissed know, off man. Know. it's always what the fans want.
0: Well, there you go, and that that brings me, John. I know you got some more questions, but uh, Susie Haas was at that show, and she said Shane smacked the hat off of her head, so she is none too happy, my friend. Oh no, that's
1: Cisco that uh, used to well, smack actually, the hat off. Of no, head. was wanna- that you,
0: <laughs> Cisco? Come on, man! But you've turned over new leaf since then, right? So we're good. Let me
3: just say this. Let me just say this. She, <laughs> in my defense, she was wearing a Kevin Mears shirt. How? How? No,
0: no, no. You get called, Susie. (laughs) There's a reason for everything. Uh, Shout out to the Lumberjacks, by the way, my man, Andrew Hall, tuning in. Uh, We're going to drop some info for you guys in the next couple of weeks. These guys make, like, jam and jelly down in southern Missouri. We might have to send Cisco some of that stuff. That's homemade. Dude, I'm telling you, the Lumberjacks, they put it down. Big Shout out to Andrew. Uh, But, Hoss, what do you got, baby? Sorry for interrupting.
1: Well, actually, i tell you what, Renee. let me go ahead and turn it over to you here for a little bit, because I always get to talk to Cisco at the matches and stuff, and so but let me go ahead and turn it over to you, since you uh, this is your first time speaking with him.
0: All right, bro, sure will. Thank you so much. Well, and I didn't even say this. Cisco, thank you for making time for us, bro. Really appreciate it. No problem. I do my best when I can. All right, cool. So now that we get to see the nice Cisco, let me get to know a little bit more about you, bro. Um, I don't know if you use Apple Music or Spotify if you're just a YouTube guy. Give I'm a Pandora me a th- guy myself. Pandora got me too, actually. Um give me a couple of the top songs on your playlist right now. What are you bumping in the gym on the way to work? What are you listening to right now? In the gym,
3: my it's <laughs> in the gym, <laughs> it's crazy. Uh one of my top songs I listen to is uh Roman Reigns' Tribal Chief Entrance Music. That's heat. I, I don't know. That just pumps me up. Like, uh, it just gives, gives me that right kind of vibe. Just to walk around like a badass in there.
0: And uh, you, you don't have to rush. When you go from the bench press to the free weights, you just take your sweet-ass time, and nobody's going to rush you. I like that. What else being are you intrigued.
3: listening to, bro? Oh, man. Like, but usually when I'm in the gym, I just listen to WWE music. Like Randy Orton's Voices, uh, Triple H's, John Cena. Like, it just depends on how I'm feeling that day. Sometimes I'll listen to, like, rap music or a little bit of Hollywood Undead. Those guys bump. Uh, the Lacks. I'm a big, big, big country hip-hop guy, you know. Uh, you rock with a little Jason Aldean, too, bro? A bit oh, man. I
0: listen to pretty much anything, dude. I like that. All right. Techno, Mo- all that. All right. So moving from music to other forms of entertainment, uh are you a gamer or or you get into games like that? Or if um, not I some used of the ones that... to
3: all right? But now I'm more like an outdoors kind of guy. Like I like to be outside doing stuff. Mostly I'm at work, so it's
0: like it's hard but to not... do anything. It's the heart not life for us? <laughs> <laughs> we Straight just up. gotta go to work. So when you go outside, what are you doing? Are you hunting? Are you uh bows? Are you fishing? What kind of stuff are you get into outside?
3: Honestly, my Life is pretty dull outside of here. I am I go straight to the gym right after work, uh, come home, eat, get a shower, ready for work, go back to work. I mean, I throw some wrestling training in there throughout the week. But other than that, I kind
0: of keep it short and sweet. Well, and, and in between there are a couple of weird guys just want to call you and interview you, so there's that too. <laughs> you got you to you squeeze us in too. All right. Dope. All right. <laughs> it's all good. I don't I don't mind it. All right, so moving from some of the personal stuff back over to wrestling, I'm not going to hit you with the corny, like, ah, well, how did you get into wrestling and all that? What I want to know is, not how did you get into it? How did you fall in love with it? Because there's, like, being a fan, and then there's that point where you love it so much that you go look for a school, because I don't know if you saw this Eddie Kingston story that came out earlier today uh, on the Players' Tribune, uh, just an absolutely incredible story not so much about origins but like the fight from within to stay within professional wrestling even from the early days so what was that transition point where you went from like yo i really enjoy this i love the sport i love doing it to when like it became part of who you are when was that moment and what inspired it
3: oh see growing up i always watched wrestling with my grandma all right. Like, she's pretty much the one who kind of got me into it because she would have sit us down and we'd watch SmackDown and stuff. Her favorite was The Undertaker. So I kind of started watching it more and more and fell in love with uh, Eddie Guerrero and John Cena. Those two were kind of like my top idols. Like, John Cena more of a, for personal reasons. All right. But Eddie Guerrero more for a professional because the stuff he would do in there was like so elusive and quick but yet he knew how to entertain them and he knew how to get the crowds to react exactly how he wanted them to, you know? Like, he had them eating out of the palm of his hands and it didn't matter who he was up against. He could make them look like a million dollars. And just, he would always come out in that lowrider.
0: Man, that's, that was sweet. I was like, man, if I could do that, that'd be cool. Okay, mm-hmm. you brought up Triple H earlier. Now you brought up Eddie Guerrero. Doper intro. The lowrider on Switches? or the trike with the old lady on the back that Triple H did at that WrestleMania. If you had to pick one. A one?
3: Rider, hands down. Yeah. <laughs> I'd, I'd have to tribute to Eddie, man. He was literally the reason why I wanted to be a wrestler. Cause I wanted to be just like that dude. I wanted to be able to move like him and just get the crowds to react to me the way that he got them to react to them. And a little bit wanted to make my grandma proud. Like, Hey, look at me. we, We used to watch it together, and now we're, like, up here
0: doing it big, you know? Well, no, you absolutely, and I'll tell you what, man. I know that where we find our inspirations from always plays a big part in what we do and what we become and, to a certain extent, how we formulate our style. So that – you kind of lead me into my next question perfectly. So you talked about Eddie. Uh, What were some of the influences on your in-ring wrestling style? I know you can move, but I know you're also a strong dude. You take care of yourself, obviously. It shows. So, how would you describe your style to somebody who's never seen you work before? I'd say I'm like a technical
3: lightweight, you know? I mean, throwing a little lucha stuff here and there. But other than that, I just kind of like to keep stuff simple. Cool. You know, I'm more of a psychology kind of guy. Like, how can I get the fans to react to this? How can I get the fans to react to that? you know i like to be the entertaining guy like like he was you know and throw the moves in there later on when they're needed
0: yeah and you know what you're going to extend your career operating like that uh cisco you let you know t- the, what, what do they say right there's like a bump card i've heard some of the other guys say like bro eventually you're going to punch too Get many holes mount, in that yeah, yeah punched <laughs> out too, <laughs> too soon yeah, mm-hmm. no, no doubt about it. Well, let me ask you something because I, I looked at like when you come out, you rock my colors. I don't know if you've seen back here. Got a big old Mexican flag back here. Yeah,
3: hey, I see it. I dig it.
0: That right there, that's my baby right there. So here's my question: When people see you come out like that, do they automatically assume you're about to do a 450 off the top? Like, do you you tend to get people thinking that that's what your style is because you do kind of come out repping the you know the the red, white, and green people? You think? people jump to that conclusion just based on the fact that you do roll with like the let's call it the mafioso or the sicario or or narco gimmick whatever you want to call it well, absolutely absolutely especially when uh you have people like Rey mysterio and
3: eddie guerrero uh juventud guerrero you know the mexico's like people who originated from mexico you know yeah. like people who know that and like have built it on a higher platform like People just kind of automatically assume because I come out there and my size that I can move the same as them. And I show my I, I can.
0: So. <laughs> you just got to sprinkle that stuff in when the, that yeah, in when the yeah, time is right. Don't
3: overdo it because then they're going to expect it all the time.
0: So are you the kind of guy who thinks, like, super kicks are overused? Are you, are you of that philosophy? Absolutely. What, what other moves or – or let's just say spots, do you think are happening a little bit too much in wrestling, just from your perspective? I'll, I'll give you mine. The Tope Suicida. Every freaking match, somebody's got to do the Tope. And uh, very few people do it differently. Like Big E, he's got one where he goes full body. Like, I know you guys have probably seen his. It's it's like pretty solid. Like the spear, yeah. the, the spear through the rope? The spear through the rope, right? I
3: can dig that. I can dig that because it's different. It's unique. It's his. Or know? Orange?
0: Orange does the hands in the pockets, yeah, so he kind of. So, what other things do you see out there that you're like, come on, man, somebody's gotta stop doing that right now?
3: Uh, I don't know. Other than that one, like, like there's a lot. Like, I see a lot of people try to copy like old school people's moves. Like Kevin Owens kind of has the whole Stone Cold Stunner thing. Does. Seth Rollins was doing the Pedigree for a while. And Did it last spear, night? Yeah, that's definitely one. The spear's the spear is definitely I used. I mean, you got, what, Bobby Lashley, Roman Reigns, and how many? Goldberg. Edge. Goldberg. Yeah. The
0: list goes on and on. Yeah, that's and like
3: people that do a spear right there. I mean, Dolph Ziggler will throw at least three super kicks a match. Every like, match.
0: Now, he's got a nice one, though. I'll give
3: him that. He does have yes. A- oh, absolutely. But if you're going to tune up the band like Shawn Michaels, then make it special. You know, make it count.
1: No, doubt. Then it's
3: like because then it's like what did Shawn Michaels use a super kick all those years for?
0: No, they watered it down. That's yeah, for sure. exactly. Absolutely watered it down. Well, uh, I'm going to I got one more question. I throw it over to John and I got two more uh, right at the end. Uh, my next question for you is talk to us about your signature wrestling moves. I know we talked about the style. But what are some of the things that have um, have brought you some success in the ring? Are there any finisher, signature moves, stuff off the top? What, what have you found that has uh, helped find you some success in the sport? Well,
3: something that I don't really see many people doing around here are springboards. You know, I'm kind of like one of the only ones, in, at least in this local general area, that do them. And so I figure people do splashes off the top turnbuckle, but they no do. one does a splash from a springboard. So I think that would be pretty sweet. So wait, you go so, two, three,
0: and then the splash? Sorry? You go from two to three and then the splash, second row, third row, splash? Or how's that work? Oh, I go uh, from the apron,
3: springboard to the top, and then splash. Holy shit. <laughs> so you yeah. are athletic, bro. You just like to keep it low key. Oh, absolutely. Um, I mean, I used to have a signature move, uh, the flatliner, which was kind of like – but. It felt more Shelton Benjamin-y, okay. so I wanted to switch it up a little bit. So then I, I just kind of kick him in, into the leg to knock him down and then
0: hit it. So kind of make it my own a little bit. Very nice. Again, we all take who influenced us. We kind of add a little bit of salsa to the tacos, and we make it our own, man. I absolutely love that. Absolutely. Well, well, I do have a few more, but I don't want to be selfish. Hardcore Hoss, <laughs> buddy, jump on in here, man. I think I took more time than what I had. I apologize,
1: you know, a, a, a personal question to you is: a lot of the fans seem to admire your back tattoo. They really like the wings on your back. So <laughs> because what, it's
3: brand new.
1: <laughs> so what what is the significance of that tattoo, or is there any significance?
3: Well, actually, yes. Uh, I have a sister who is a month younger than me, and. I didn't know she even existed until I was twenty-one years old. Lived in the same town as me our whole lives and didn't know either one of us existed. Uh
0: That's incredible, one, by the way.
3: Wow. One day, some random person that she knew, well that she worked with, uh asked asked her about me and I don't know. It was it was weird. Next thing I know I found out I have a sister. I messaged her on Facebook. Then we meet up, and it was just like – it was on from there. Like, I could see it was my sister from the beginning. But anyways, uh, she ends up moving away, and she didn't tell me. She went all the way across country to California and didn't say goodbye or anything. And – The last I heard from her, she had OD'd and was handicapped and couldn't text or anything. And I haven't heard from her in years. So I got no way of getting a hold of her. So I got the wings on my back in remembrance of her. And the little sun thing in the, the symbol. Was a, It's a symbol for courage because I was always her courage because I brought her out and she was always my light because she brought me out of the darkness that I was in at that point in time. And it's kind of like a my sister's keeper kind of thing, like just in remembrance of her because I don't know if I'll ever see her again. Probably won't, but, you know, it's life. Well, that, that's awesome. That, real yeah. shit
1: right there. Real shit. So. <clears throat> All right. Um, so. Let's see, I, I forget where I was going now.
0: <laughs> well, that was that's a hey, no. It's a, hey, Listen, you got to let it breathe. So like yeah. there was this old Usher song, like got to let it burn. Like it's hard to transition from things like that. We've been it doing the show a long time, but but thank you for your your honesty uh sister. absolutely I, I think that's the dopest so john i got absolutely. a couple more if that's cool bro yeah. i know it. okay so uh, we're gonna bring it right back to the fun so el maton all right let's talk about that because there, there's a certain level and, and i would almost love to see somebody write a book by the way we always have tremendous authors uh greg demarco john cosper a lot of um, um our friend um uh, ed uh weekly who just did the wrestling at the chase book uh a lot of authors like to come here on the show and talk about wrestling i'm always curious to see somebody write a book about the psychology of professional wrestling and i'm not talking about all the the shoots and shit like that on youtube i'm talking about like how do you crazy mfers come up with this shit like you're you look like a regular dude a hard-working guy you know full-blooded american you know proud to be where you're from i'm sure you got heritage we brown you know what i'm saying we do that thing but uh, my point is, like, there has to be a creative gene that allows you to do the Clark, Clint, Clark Kent and go from Joe Blow to El Maton, Cisco. So talk to us about the, the evolution, the name. How the hell did you come up? Were you watching Narcos one day or were you listening to Chalino Sanchez and Vicente Fernandez and you were like, that's it, I'm doing it. Did you see Selena and got real mad? I mean, I don't know. <laughs> all, all I know is I'm always intrigued by how you guys come up with these personas, bro. So, kind of tell us your origin story if you don't mind. His well, persona even up,
1: has a different voice. Okay.
0: Oh hell no! We gotta hear the voice.
1: <laughs> I wanna hear the voice now.
0: Oh, the
3: voice is in the the voice is only in person. I Oh shit! <laughs> I'm gonna have to
0: go over there then, bro. Uh, I'm gonna have well, to go over there.
3: Pretty much growing up, I was I kind of fell into the wrong crowd. Like not a bad crowd, but a bad enough crowd. And I never got into any harsh stuff, you know, just like the usual adolescents, marijuana, whatever, occasional alcohol, just that stuff. Uh, But my friends and stuff ended up growing up and kind of thugged it out, you know, I mean, and we all thought we were gangsters back in the day. You know how teenagers are. Yep, hip hop,
0: MTV, but, damn
3: it! Exactly, pretty yeah. much. Uh, we became like a music group. We started rapping together, but then I kind of got more into this it. still
0: got bars? I didn't know you had bars too. That's crazy. Oh,
3: oh man, I kind of got more into it than they did. All right, but they kind of did it like, oh, I'm just gonna do it because I'm drunk, but I'm gonna do it because hey, this shit's really cool and it's a way for me to vent and express myself. It's art, baby, and. That's kind of where the creative stuff came from. And so I kind of came up with my own rapper persona, uh, Kid Prince, and that kind of took off. Then I kind of stopped looking at it as a rapper and started looking at it more as a poet. So instead of writing the music, I just started writing poems. And pretty much... Uh, that's kind of where the El Maton thing came from, like the thug persona, like from the rapper gimmick. Oh, for those who don't know El Maton,
0: El Maton, means the killer. I mean, just flat out, straight up translation. Am I right about that? I
3: mean, the translations that I've seen in the dictionary said thug. So I kind of went with what I said. I mean, what I've seen. <laughs> yeah, I got you. So, uh, but yeah, I mean. That's kind of where the Elma Tone part came from, cause like I kinda wanted to keep a little bit of my childhood All right. with my present day without keeping the same name. Uh the Cisco kind of came from uh my favorite TV show, The Flash.
0: Yo, that's my son's favorite show. Dude, hey, new show season out right now.
3: That show was dope. Yeah. Well, I got the my character my character's name was gonna be somewhere around like Barry Allen or something, something that had to do with like the flash, you know what I mean? But I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I was like, wait a minute. Cisco's, Cisco's Hispanic in that show. He is the long hair. So I kind of went with that, but I didn't want Cisco, you know what I mean? The way that they say it. Cause I was like that, no. Cause then I'm going to get all these like references to other things. So what if I was just like a sizzling knockout? And then I kind of put two and two together, and then Sizz was sizzling, and then KO for the knockout. That's why the KO in Cisco is capital. Capitalize.
0: Ooh, I like the a lot of people Lowercase
3: the KO. I don't know why, but the KO is supposed to be capitalized. So it's like Sizz. So it's like two words in the one, like a compound word.
0: Dude, that's bad, that's as, bad hell. as hell. I love the creativity that comes with your guys' stories. And and I, I guess I have to ask this question because I'm not I know I'm not the only one that has it. So how does the El Maton Cisco get over now that you're kind of playing the other side of the fence as like the good guy? How how do you get that over? I'm curious.
3: That's that's just where the entertainment part comes. Like everyone knows that when Cisco goes out there, they're gonna get something good, whether it's good moves or a laugh, you know. Maybe someone will boo me. Maybe somebody will get really mad. But one way or another, somebody's going to react to me, you know. And I and think that the they key. know that. And that's why I get the reaction that I do. Because now that I beat Chain Malice, who was the top heel there, you know, he was the guy there. And I kind of one, two, three. And now now he's gone. So does that make me the top guy? I mean, Ooh. ISP's the top heel. And I have been, I have been wanting some of that smoke. So, if he's mm. listening, you know that world title would look good on me. Just saying,
0: Andre Suarez, I know you listening, Poppy. Deja lo digo en español. Este hombre está listo para la <laughs> gran pelea.
3: Oh man, Cisco and ISP would tear the house down for sure.
0: What? <laughs> hey, John, you're there every single show. At WDWA, baby, I see you smiling. You're the guy that buys the ticket to get in there, you know, because we like to show love the way that we do. How would you like to see that as a fan? Would that make oh. you excited or what?
1: I do believe that would be an awesome match, you know, uh, to see Cisco versus ISP. That would be awesome.
3: He don't want the smoke, man. He don't want it. <laughs> I keep telling him. I keep telling him. All right, hold on, hold on.
0: I'm going to stop you right there. I'm going to give you a chance to cut that promo because I see it like bubbling up, but we're going to do it oh, Hold on, because <laughs> I know how you boys get into it. So here's what we're going to do. Every show, we have this little, uh, this little uh, exercise that we do with our first hour guests, and it's called the uh, shoot and shout segment. And basically, we all get like 30 seconds or whatever to go off about anything, anything in the world. It could be wrestling related. It could be about like, you know, how you buy a bag of chips. It's like halfway full. Whatever it doesn't matter, so the question is, and I know you're a competitive guy, Cisco. Are you down to join myself, Haas, on tonight's edition of the Wrestle Talk Podcast shooting shot segment? You're in, okay? And I saw somebody say Limp Biscuit earlier when they were talking about songs at the gym, so this one's for (laughs) y'all.
3: It's just one of those days when you don't wanna wake up. Everything is fucked. Everybody sucks. You don't really
2: know why, but you
1: wanna justify like ripping someone's head off. No
3: human contact.
2: If you interact, your
1: life's on contract. Your best bets to stay away. This is one of the- All right, <laughs> and, and before, you, baby. What, before what, what, what? we get going here, what, what, what? There's two responses that I wanna share. Okay, go ahead. The first one is from Danica. Who said she would ref that match?
3: Ooh. I don't know. I don't know. I think I would need Austin Teets for that one.
1: Oh, Then uh, the second response is actually from Andre himself. If mm. ISP survives eleven thirteen, maybe Cisco versus ISP twelve eleven. Yo! <laughs> what? Yeah! I'm Wrestle you, Talk podcast
0: it. for the win, baby! You see, we get shit done
1: around here.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this isn't exactly Kanye on Drink Champs or Aaron Rodgers with uh, with the Mad Dog guys, but we're trying over here. That's all I gotta say. We're trying.
3: Look, I was one title away from being the first ever Grand Slam champion. There, I was the World Heavyweight Champion. That was the one title I needed, and then the Television Championship came. But fear not, I'll have that one soon too. Ooh.
1: Austin says he's down to ref.
0: Oh,
3: he better get over here then.
0: Yo, come on, man. We're doing big things. By the way, we're also giving away a honky talk action figure. One of my people's over there from the East Coast is taking this home. Shoot us a message. We got y'all hooked up, man. Promise. We're giving this thing away tonight. Now, shoot and shout time. Hoss, you want to go first? I'll go second. Uh, Cisco, by the time I'm done, you're going to know exactly what to do. 30, 45 seconds, give us the heat. Hardcore Hoss, it's on you, baby. What do you got for us?
1: All right. This kind of goes with my uh, with my shoot job. Okay. You know, why is it stupid people don't want to read signs and know what's going on? Instead, they want to just go and do things and then come back and complain to you when there's a sign right there that tells them exactly what they just complained about. <laughs> Read the freaking sign!
0: <laughs> oh, I like that. Okay. Not wrestling related, but but I understand and I appreciate it. Um, here's my shooting shot and it's actually not wrestling related either. It's actually about fantasy football general managers and owners. Let me explain to y'all how this works. You sign up, you put your little money in, and then you set your lineups every week. Listen, I'm going to go ahead and take that dub. If you want to give it to your boy the night out, if you want to go ahead and leave uh, Jordan Love as your quarterback for the rest of the year, I'm okay with that. If you want to trade me Christian McCaffrey and A.J. Brown, I'm not mad at you, but, bro, such a lineup. I want to win this league legit. And some guys will sign up for the damn fantasy football, and they'll never touch it as if, like, they never even signed up for it. I'm a competitive dude. I like to win, and and I'll take the 40-point win, but guess what, bro? Eventually, I want to hit the three from 40 feet to win the game, maybe even the championship. So if you're a fantasy owner and you haven't reset your lineup and your rosters for the last couple of weeks, you're welcome. Your boy, the night out, just did you a favor. Act like a man. You made the commitment. Set your rosters. I don't care if you're 1-16, in Fight till the end, damn it. If you signed up for it, you made the commitment, stick to it, you bunch of pansies.
1: Another quick message. Uh Uh-oh, what do we got? And this should almost be breaking news, I tell you. What do you got? ISP himself says, make it happen, my friend, from your Triple Crown heavyweight champion.
3: Triple Crown. Uh, You can have the Triple Crown. I'm hitting the Grand Slam, baby. (laughs) <laughs> like, whoop, whoop, whoop. I'm, I'm Elma Tone. I'm Cisco. Like, this is something that you need to understand. Like, for the past five, six years, they've all been sleeping on me. Like, I ain't been here, but I'm here. 2022 is mine, and I'm claiming it now. So, ISP, Shane Mouse, if you want to come back, anybody. Anybody in the WWE, at WDWA ring or any ring across the country. I'm here and I'm ready for it. So bring it.
0: And that's it. Shots fired! Shots fired. Yeah, baby. I knew he was gonna get in my throat now before the end of the interview. I knew he was gonna come out. It's
3: it's just so simple. Like, do you not see what I've been doing? Obviously like I went from booze to cheers like that and it took one guy granted it was a really really good guy you know a really tough guy top guy anywhere he goes like come on now Shane Mouse I mean we were close friends for the longest time I was coming out to the ring with them and vice versa and we was talking about going for the tag titles and then something just snapped in him and we got put together and put up against each other
0: and he just went off the rail and
3: I had to finish it off, you know,
0: you know, John, I learned growing up in the barrio. You definitely got to worry about the loud ones because they'll get you, but it's the low key guys that keep it chill. And then one day night, night time, I cannot wait. For this match. Now, ISP, he's got some other business to handle before he gets to you, Matona. We, we know. we got to respect the process. But if that day comes in December, it might not even have to be 2022. You could leave 2021 the top guy at WDWA. I mean, that that is. See, see
3: here's the thing about belt. Thing. I don't
0: need a belt to be the top guy.
3: I'm the top guy because I'm who I am.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it goes good with the fit, though. You feel me with the gold? and You know what I'm saying? It goes see, good with the see, fit.
3: See, see, patience. The gold comes with patience. <laughs> I have to prove to everybody because apparently they don't see. They're starting to see, which is good, but they still – they just don't see yet. And I don't want to have to win the title for them to see. I want the title to mean something to me before them, you know? Destiny.
0: It's called destiny.
3: Yes. Destiny. I have to be fulfilled before I can make them feel fulfilled. You know? So in order to do that, I have to take out every single person on the roster. And I started with the top guy, and I've been on a roll since then. Although I got screwed out
0: of one by him.
3: But you know, I got
0: I got receipts. (laughs) So good shit. Well, one last bit of business before we go. Um, Obviously, you've made some fans here tonight. I mean, just the comment section is going crazy. And all the folks that came in to check out Cisco on the rest, man, give us a like. Give us a follow. We're going to have wrestlers from your area on real often. If you got friends or, or guys that you love, you're like, hey, you know what, man? This podcast is off the chain. We want to have you come on the show, man. Shoot us a message. Like, that's what we really do. We try, Hey, we had Punishment Martinez on here before he hit it big. We had Josiah Williams on here before he get it big. Uh, there's a guy um, who I'm a big fan of. He's uh, won half of the NXT Tag Team Championship, <coughs> Desmond Xavier, that was on the show here before. Uh, you know, he got real big or whatever. So hey, if you guys got, got, if you guys want your guys to come here and hang out with these guys, you already know. Give a, give us a, a little message and and we'll make that happen for you. But the reason I say all that, Cisco, is because you've made some fans here tonight outside of your home state and region you got fans all over now nice how can they keep up with you both on social and where are you wrestling next we got to know man hit us with that before we close it out uh social media it's uh chris morris
3: uh that's pretty much usually the only social media that i use i kind of just use instagram as a personal thing all right just like to keep pictures that i want to keep but other than that i'm basically a facebook facebook messenger guy but the next show oh man the next show i gotta tell you about this one all right it is november 13th which is this saturday it is at the short gap fire hall in west virginia and elite pro wrestling alliance will be hosting the event and let me tell you it's going to be something you got doc gallows is going to be there uh D'Lo Brown is going to be making a special appearance. You got uh, the ruthless Jason the uh, <laughs> Reggie did. Collins, Shane Malice. I mean, what do you need? I mean, obviously, this guy's going to be there because why wouldn't I be? We wouldn't <laughs> all him. that
0: without the flyer. That's what I'm impressed by. No flyer, no <laughs> nothing. Yo, my <laughs> man got it all right here. Bravo. I'm telling, you, I'm
3: telling you, it's going to be an event. Oh, and we also got ladies matches. Um, Danny Deville defends her championship against the returning Tess Valentine. So that's always going to be something to look out for. for. Sure,
0: these ladies tear it down, man. Every single time. No doubt about it. More than worthy and way overdue to be main eventing shows. Not only you know up there, but everywhere. I think the ladies should be main eventing a lot of these shows because they earn it. You know, you're it's talking amazing. about. I want the belt to have my name on it before I even put it on. These girls are earning it every Absolutely. day man you give them the platform you give them the microphone you give them the ring time these girls are getting it done all over the world man it's it's oh, really amazing aj lee work. even aj lee had to come back cuz she sees how women's wrestling is killing yeah. the game right now so you know it is what it is uh last thing cisco man and this is really the most important thing we want to welcome welcome you in as the newest member of the wrestle talk family at man we're appreciative we're grateful and we're excited to see you continue to have success down the road, man. Do not be a stranger. Oh, yeah. I will not. No doubt, love brother. It. Have a I good love night. You guys have a good one.
3: Grace and peace. Hey, to thanks to you, my for friend. being here, Cisco. Absolutely. Thank you guys for having me. Anytime you
0: guys want me on. Bet. Peace. Peace out. Woo, John. <laughs> what an amazing interview setup, sir. I gotta say. You've been on fire with the guests that you've been helping bring on the show, man. Cisco El Maton is legit. And we broke some news here tonight. It looks like Andre Suarez is opening up the opportunities here. And I think a lot of it has to do with the passion that you hear coming from Cisco. This guy is serious about what he does. Like I said, he didn't even need the flyer to talk about the other show. So that, to me, says that his mind is on it. He doesn't need the notes. He doesn't need any of that bullshit.
1: Well, and, and I can tell you after watching his matches and stuff and seeing him, he is very passionate about what he does. He's very passionate about making sure that, you know, the fans are pleased and he he really wants to make sure everything's done correct. I mean, I, I've seen when he has missed hitting a move the way he wanted to, and he, he really gets upset over it because he feels he let people down. And, you know, it's, he is just one heck of a guy and you know i'm glad to be a fan of his i'm glad to be able to watch him wrestle he is it is just awesome
0: dude it is absolutely awesome and guess what the show keeps rolling baby we got a solid 40 minutes of show left but before we continue we're going to hit a short break hoss why don't you go ahead and get us set up with some music and uh A little bit of a poster to hit over the top of our image here. Um, We're going to come back with the second hour. We're going to keep the energy going. But I do have a bit of breaking news regarding programming on the other side of the break. If you haven't done so already, hit that like button. Hit that share button. Hit that subscribe button. We're live right now on Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook, and obviously 24-7 Uh, 365 over at wrestletalkpodcast.com. And lastly, guys, I'm literally begging you. This thing is taking up room in my house. Somebody give me some heat, then send me your address and we'll pick you. We'll say, hey, man, we love your comment. We love the fact that you came on. And I'm sending you this honky-tonk man action figure 100% on the house. How many times have I told you you can just send it to me? No, John, no, you don't qualify. Plus, you got to have hair. That's why you and me, we don't qualify for this because you got to have honky tonk type hair to be able to have this action figure because you're going to look at it every day and be like, man, look at that man's hairline. How is he in his 60s? And then you and me are over here struggling, bro. It's, it's Trust me, you don't want those kind of problems. Anyway, guys, we're going to break. Episode 370 continues to be on fire. We will be back for our number two and our second featured guest of the evening, the lovely, the talented, the no-nonsense official Danica in Just a Matter of Moments. We'll catch you in a few. Peace.
1: Right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back. I guess it helps if I turn my microphone on ladies and gentlemen, we are back with the second hour of the show. It's been one heck of a show so far. Great interview and looking forward to the second interview. I believe the night owl should be, uh, right back here. Actually. I see him getting in position here in the backstage. So, uh, Night out. If you're ready, I'll go ahead and bring you in here.
0: Hey, what up, guys? There he is, dude. What an amazing show we've had so far. I mean, like the interaction has been insane, and and I love to see that between YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. We've got hundreds of people tuning in, interacting, watching the show. But we ain't done yet. <laughs> and what makes me really excited is like it feels like today's show has like a flow to it. Because we were talking about women in wrestling just a few minutes ago. Now we didn't talk about referees, which is something that I is near and dear to my heart. Because you know, the founder of the Wrestle Talk podcast is actually a referee. Shout out to our boy, the one and only referee Nightmare Jones, Joe Lance, who um, is doing well. For those, a lot, a lot of people messaged me. I know you guys heard that uh, Joe decided to step away uh, from the show for a while uh, just to get things together on a personal level. Which we totally respect and understand. There's plenty of us here. There's obviously Haas. We've got uh, DJ Big Sexy STL. We got the Maestro. We got Skywalker Luke Roberts. We got yours truly, and many, many more that are always willing to come on, pitch in, and help out. So, Joey, we love you, brother, and uh, we can't wait to have you back someday. Um, with all that said, I did say that I had some breaking news. Haas, can you hit the breaking news drop for me, man? Because I'm excited for this one. All right. Not really hearing anything, but a nice try there. Either way, let's get right into it because I don't want to eat up any more interview time. So here it is, ladies and gentlemen. For those of you guys, you guys have been watching the show for a long time. You know, we've altered and changed and updated the show uh, and to try to maximize it. Right. To do the most that we could with the two hours that we have for you every single week. Um, One thing that was always a staple of the show was this little segment that we did right after break, and it was called the FWWC segment, and it went so well that those guys actually got their own podcast, also available to you over at WrestleTalkPodcast.com, and that podcast deals exclusively in the world of fantasy wrestling. That's right, e Ooh, and I can hear the real wrestling friends cringing all over the place. Ah, those cosplayers, bunch of nerds. But anyway, listen, not everyone can afford to be a wrestler. Uh, some people just can't, whether it be like a mental, physical disability, a money thing, a time thing. Uh, I know me, like I fell back in love with wrestling into my 30s with kids and a job and all this. So going to train and, and doing any of that kind of stuff was kind of out of the question for me. So you know what I did? I found the Fantasy Wrestling Worldwide chapter and my buddy Dewan Mills, who wanted to be here today, but he was working. Uh, long story short, we would give this group, this, this fantasy group, 10, 12 minutes every Tuesday to come on and talk to us about what they're doing and what matches they got going on. And they come on and cut a promo. It's always a lot of fun. And sometimes we even bring them on together and they just trash talk each other. And it was always gold. And it Usually got a little bit out of control, which just, like, fits our profile perfectly, by the way. <laughs> but we miss those guys, and they miss us. So here in the next couple of weeks, might even be as soon as next week, we're going to welcome back in the FWWC. And not only is this a big deal because it brings up the entertainment value for Wrestle Talk, but when they call in, they have the opportunity to affect their brand battle scores. Meaning, Hardcore Hoss, if you were, for example... The general manager of the Infinite brand, and one of your people came in and sounded like a total loser, that would affect you and your brand's scores. It'd be like a Raw versus SmackDown type thing. But say you had one of your people, maybe like that real cool guy, El Mataratas, I'm a big fan of his. If he came on and cut a sick promo during the Wrestle Talk podcast, that might work favorably for the Infinite brand or Inferno brand in that in that sense. And the reason that we're so excited about it is because, A, it's a competitive thing. These people are really going to be trying to come on and impress, kind of like, like a wrestling version of America's Got Talent. I don't know. We're going to do something. <laughs> but what I can tell you is that the energy level is going to go way up. Just like when you book a tag match right after intermission at a show. I know uh, official Danica Myers is going to understand what I'm saying. After intermission, you got to bring the crowd back up because they had eight hot dogs. They waited in line for 20 minutes to use the restroom. They hot box the Newport outside. They're ready to come in and get hype. So if you don't hit them with something hard coming off the break, then you pretty much can lose them for the whole second half of the show. That's what we're going to try to do here. So I'm going to officially make the announcement. The FWWC will be very, very quickly making a return to the Wrestle Talk podcast on a weekly basis in what we're gonna once again call the FWWC shoot. No, I'm sorry, the FWWC uh, segment right here on the Wrestle Talk podcast. So, Haas, you've heard the breaking news. I'm gonna give you a brief moment to react because we have a very very spurs, uh, a very very important person already waiting in the green room waiting to come on and make her debut here on the show. So what are your thoughts on that, man? That's pretty huge news.
1: Well, you know, I I look forward to seeing it come back. Hopefully uh, we get a lot of participation in, with it. And it, it's, it's a good thing for the FWWC, and I, I look forward to seeing it. And it's funny that you mention El Mata, because Susie actually said she'd like to see a match between El Maton and El Mata.
0: Mmm. I'd pay to see that. What, <laughs> <laughs> what, wait. I have some heat with Travis Cook. What What was that? Put that back up. Is it already right someone send me a wrestle? Oh, no. Aaron, listen, your beef with Travis Cook, you can, you're going to have to handle that on another platform, my guy, because things are going to go off the rails way too quick if we let you on here. And I'm going to be honest, Okay, never mind. I'll leave that alone. <laughs> I'm going to leave it alone. That's my guy, Aaron Wallace. By the way, we
1: are giving away... No, I'm just kidding. Uh... <laughs> Susie also said that your cornbread wasn't done in the middle when you cut the segment.
0: What? was? No, wait a minute. That wasn't just a night-hour decision, okay? That wasn't just me. But anyway, I- I'll tell you what. The show is very successful. The FWWC Tonight does very, very well, hosted by DeWan Mills. Um... A lot of shenanigans, though, and not for the faint of heart. I mean, if we had to put a rating on that thing, it'd definitely be rated R. So take it as you will. Now, all that said, Hardcore Hoss, you're going to get the honors once again tonight. Because our second featured guest is just about ready to come on the show. And let me tell you why I'm so excited. I know you got to do your intro. You got to get your notes ready. We rarely get the opportunity to talk to people that are like firsts, right? Like there aren't a whole lot of real firsts anymore. And, and you could kind of make these things up as you go along. Oh, I'm the first this and I'm the first that, but there's a movement. Um, and it's happening right here before our eyes. I remember we talked to Chris Broussard. Uh, I think that's what his name is. He wrote that book about the black female wrestlers, like in the thirties and forties, you know who I'm talking about, right? Oh, Chris Chris Boulier, I'm sorry, I believe is the name, and he talked about the first of African American women in professional wrestling, and that was real cool because that was truly the first. And right now, during our era, right now, we have women having incredibly important roles in sports, both on and off the field, executives uh general managers uh coaches assistant coaches and also referees now i know a couple uh, our girl yali over here in kansas uh been doing her thing for a long time obviously aubrey and aew and the list goes on and on but it doesn't go on and on and on and on it's a fairly short list so far so i think it's really awesome john i know i'm blow beating here a little bit but when we have an opportunity to talk to somebody who's part of a a a let's just call it a blue collar movement in the sport. It makes me very excited because we'll be able to look back on episode 370. Like, yo, remember when we talked to our girl Danica and now she's refereeing the main event of WrestleMania? Like, bro, I believe it. Like I when I say shit like that, I believe it. And we've had guests that we were like, this guy's going to be a star. And it happened. We gave you guys some examples at the end of the first hour. So, John, I'll go ahead and let you take the intro. But I just wanted to say, man, like I get excited for every interview. I think every guest is special. But when somebody's doing something and they're breaking ground, it makes it even that much more special, man. So with all that said, why don't you go ahead and kick us into the uh, official introduction of our next guest?
1: All right. Our next guest is a referee who has been in the business for about five years now. She trained at House of Pain as well as the WDWA Training Center. She has refereed for people such as Gang Grill, the Boogie Woogie Man, Jimmy Valant, Samu, Ace Austin, Jerry Sags, and Ricky Morton. She is the one and only Danica Myers. Thanks so much for having me tonight, guys.
0: Hey, Danica, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks for being here.
2: I've been really looking forward to this all week. My kids were even super excited to know that I was going to be on tonight unfortunately they don't get to watch live they gotta go to bed but yeah they'll get the playback
0: (laughs) damn right they will get the playback well again thank you so much for being here uh we're we're excited and and love the opportunity to people that are breaking ground in the sport so i'll if you don't mind john i'll lead this one off is that okay with you
1: hey go right ahead
0: okay so right off the bat like is the ref thing something that you got into after like, Because a lot of people will pursue the wrestling thing first, and they go, "Ah, I don't know if that's for me. I'm going to go ref. Or is ref just what you wanted to do from the moment you got into the business?
2: When I initially got into the business, I wanted to manage. Um, I didn't have the best confidence in the entire world with it. I just found myself not really doing well with it. And John Rambo actually approached me and asked if I would be interested in training to referee instead and i thought it was kind of a cool idea and i'd only seen a couple of female referees on the indies at that point so i was like let's give it a shot let's you know let's do it and i found my i found my space i found my niche i found what i was good at and i've stuck with it ever since
0: Beautiful. And you've been reffing, what, like four out of the five years that you've been in the business or? Officially, yeah. Okay, cool, cool. All right, so you you dropped some names, and, and I appreciate that because the folks that have never heard of you before, a lot will after today, hopefully, but they love to hear those names. So you talked about Ricky Morton. You talked about Ace Austin. Any particular memory of reffing any one of those matches, anything funny, silly, goofy, crazy that happened during any one of those or or maybe a few of them that you could share?
2: Um. I think for me, the most startling
0: all right.
2: was when I repped Gangrel and I did not, my my ring awareness was not where it should have been. And I stood way too close and I got completely Drenched. covered in the blood mist <laughs> <laughs> oh, and, and let me tell you, that you, it does want... not come out of the shirt.
0: <laughs> oh no. no, I can't imagine. Well, hey, you have insight that very few people have. What is in the flask? Can you, can you tell us? Or are you going to keep that to yourself?
2: I, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I wasn't, I wasn't privy to that.
0: You're like, Renee,
1: I wasn't I kind of worried about to that. Thing I didn't want to
2: know.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> Honestly, when we interviewed him on the show, he said it was stage blood.
2: Ah, That's what I'm assuming. And that's probably why it wouldn't come out of my shirt. But I've got a really cool shirt with a really cool history to it now.
0: All right, well, John, I appreciate you with that humble brag. The oh yeah, when we had Gangrel on the show, he told us I love that. That's humble brag. I like that. uh Oh, what do you see? Don't mess with Danica while she's doing interview. Okay, what is he talking about? Spill the beans. Drop the tea. What is he? What is he talking about? What is the boss saying?
2: Andre, I hope you're not referencing the Shane Malice thing.
0: Oh, I'm sure that's exactly what he's talking about. Come on now, give us. It's the It's always a
2: Shane Malice thing. <laughs> <laughs> Shane Malice and I have had heat with each other for we months, heard months. Um, he just he's he's one of those that doesn't really I find have quite the necessary amount of respect for what we do as referees, um, and he just likes to get a little too physical with them for my personal liking, but.
0: Well, you know, we, I take... we heard from our previous guest that you guys had a little bit of a tumultuous history, uh, and and I think he was he was you know playing low key, but Cisco was like, yeah, they got their own history, like, but but then again, he did say that in the match that he had against Shane, you called it right down the middle, and you were very fair. I'm sure that had to be a little difficult considering that Shane's kind of made your life a little difficult. I mean, uh,
2: yeah, difficult's definitely one word for it. I'm pretty sure that Haas has been at every single show where Shane and I have a. <laughs> clashed one of the incidents was a backstage thing i was taking some time off for medical leave i had hurt my knee i needed a little bit of a break i was doing interviewing and he actually like assaulted me during our interview like dragged me to the floor by my hair which is super
0: no not by the pigtails he didn't grab you by the pigtails did he
2: no 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 i had (laughs) I usually yeah i was gonna say i'm usually known for my like giant Curly bun at the top of my head. Today is just <laughs> a yeah.
0: one hand caveman style. Shame yeah. on yeah. Shane Malice. Shame. Yeah, pretty much. But he's been right. fired. He it.
2: With he the um, fired the lumberjack match, I'm sure you remember Haas, The lumberjack match that we had at the end of that with Malice not being super thrilled with the match ending and that uh super fun Death Valley driver
0: that I took. You took a Death Valley driver.
2: Uh, I was yeah.
0: You got kids, damn it. What are, you, what, are you what are you doing? I hate to steal a Heath Slater line, but you got kids, damn it. What are you doing? I know, Did they talk you into that, or were you excited? You were like, yeah, let's go. I'll do it. Like, I'm curious.
2: Um, I was honestly terrified. I was terrified. It was it was probably one of the scariest moments in my career. Um, but, you know, there's that level of trust that you have with guys that you worked with for a long time. So
0: They are professionals. For a reason. And I think
2: probably the most beautiful, though, uh, bit of heat that we had. And again, Haas was front and center for this one. That knee, that running knee, straight to my face.
0: Okay, somebody's going to fill me in on the details right now. Or I'm turning this car around and we're going (laughs) home. (laughs) John, Um, come on. You guys got to give me the details on this one. Go ahead. Yeah, Ladies first.
2: It was after, it was actually after a Cisco match. I had repped Cisco. Um, Shane came out uh, trying to, you know, bring him back in his corner. He was not happy with the way his night was going. He had just lost to last week's uh, guest, Bo Ross, at, earlier. In the, yeah. Yes. There Fired it is. after losing to Bo Ross. Perfect timing. Fired after losing to Bo Ross. Yes. That is exactly what it was. Um, he did not like his outcome in his match with Bo. He was trying to get Cisco back in his corner um, and after Cisco lost to Eric Jones something in him snapped and he attacked Cisco and then he took me out at the knee and then you know back to the dragging me by my hair thing because that is apparently his thing um, running knee straight to the face
0: wow john yeah. sitting where you sit i know you you know you always find a, the manage grab a great seat what are you thinking as this is happening bro your mind had to be like going in a hundred different directions at the same time a thousand miles an hour but what well, how did you take all this in
1: i i tell you poor danica has taken a lot of bumps over the past few months <laughs> and <laughs> and you know i i feel sorry for her when it happens it's just uh it, it, it looks really horrific, and I, I'm glad it's not me that's in the ring when it happens. I, I'll put it that way.
0: <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Now, I do have to jump in. I don't want to interrupt, but I saw our boy Billy say something about thumbtacks, and I, I got to do my job here and follow up on the lead. So what's Billy Bowens talking about, and I quote, and <laughs> drop some thumbtacks, We haven't talked about thumbtacks just yet. Can you fill us in on that?
2: I did not take the thumbtacks. Billy refereed a hardcore match between Jake the Machine Davis and Shane Malice. Um... Again, just not happy with his uh with his finish of his match, the outcome, and he picked Billy up and powerbogged him through thumbtacks. I was picking them out of the poor child for a while afterwards. Oh
0: wow! I bet you he couldn't go through a metal detector for months. <laughs> it
2: was yeah. There was there they were everywhere.
0: <laughs> Jeez, Louis! Shout out to you, Billy. Hey, listen, a lot of people don't realize zebras get run over quite a bit even when they're in their natural element, So like I'm watching and, and I'll share this with you guys. So AEW uh, was in the Midwest this past week and a lot of friends, former guests of the show, uh, you know, guys that I, that I follow and, and, you know, cause I do some commentary and stuff like that. So I work with them. These guys are going into these shows and they're taking bumps and they're taking pretty solid bumps for some of these, you know, bigger name talents or whatever. And it especially happens when guys come out as referees and as security people like so you almost have to be used to and trained to take the bumps just like the talent which kind of leads me to my next question before I throw it back to John how much training do you do pertaining to actually taking bumps instead of officiating the bumps that are happening between the talent inside the ring I'm curious do you you prepare for things like that
2: Um, I do I do train in bumps. Um, I'm trained in a lot of the basics and running the ropes and doing holds and things like that. I feel like it's an important thing for referees to know because we are the first line of defense for the workers, for the wrestlers, because we have to know when something has not been done correctly. So the more that we know how to do, the easier the easier it is to tell when something didn't go right. And if we can tell that something didn't go right, we're prepared to know if somebody's injured. So personally, in my opinion, I think it's important for us to know how to do the bumps and how to do a lot of the basic things. And to really study and learn how to do, at least in theory, how to do a lot of these moves so that we know when something's not right.
0: No, yeah, absolutely. I I don't think you can officiate things properly if you haven't had at least some experience in it yourself and that to me speaks to your dedication to the crap because you can say hey you know what I didn't go in I didn't come here to be a wrestler I don't want to fall flat on my back I don't want to fall onto that little tiny paper thin strip of padding that they usually in some cases they don't even have it at some of the promotions I don't want anything to do with that but you respect it so much that you go hey you know what if I'm gonna officiate these guys I have to know what it's like and like I said that's that to me speaks volumes to your commitment and your passion for the sport that you love.
2: Thank you. No d- like I said, it's just I feel like not enough, not enough referees do go the extra mile with that training. And I feel like it would be really important and it would save a lot of problems and a lot of injuries that get worse because of not being caught in time.
0: Absolutely fair. And I think the guys that are in the ring with you appreciate that. And as you probably gained experience they're probably gaining for more respect for you as well, the more that you're in there with them or whatever. So um, anyway, I do have a few more questions, but I don't want to be selfish, hardcore hoss. This is your guest, man. You set this interview up. Thank you, by the way, for your hard work uh, to make this show awesome every single week. What do you have for our guest, Danica, man?
1: Actually, I'm going to start with a question here from Susie. She wants to know, what is your most embarrassing moment?
2: Susie, we talked about this. We talked about this.
1: She asked, not me. Remember that. And and I'm
2: directing this at her, but also I'm directing this to you because we talked about this too. (laughs) All I'm going to say is you know, you already know. (laughs) And I'm not going to say it out loud. You already know. You can fill him in later. But no. Absolutely not. All and anybody right. who's watching, who saw what I'm referencing to, you, and a lot of the, you will like Billy and Andres, and I think Bo Ross is watching somewhere. Anybody, else, you guys know.
1: <clears throat> All right. So, as being a woman in the sport, do you feel that you're treated any different in the locker room than the than the men are?
2: Um. Yes and no um obviously there's a lot of that novelty like oh my god I've gone into locker rooms where I'll have guys look at me and they're like oh we don't have any women's matches on the card what are you doing here and I'm like I don't just ref women that's I think been the weirdest one for me is trying to get people over the fact that I don't just do ladies matches I (laughs) I I do have this really fantastic advantage and you know this from knowing me in person. I'm six foot one. I take care of myself very well. Um, and most of the guys know that and they know that I, I do not take unbiased, like I don't take biased treatment. I don't take unfair treatment. I don't like being treated any differently than any other worker in the locker room. I feel like all women should demand the same level of respect in the locker rooms that the men get. And I definitely do make sure that I am taken seriously. And being a six foot one woman definitely kind of plays into that for me a little bit.
1: Yes, you, you can definitely hang with with the guys. There's no doubt about that. So um, another viewer, Michelle Lilly, she wants to know, what's the most consecutive matches you've worked in a row?
2: Uh, the Iron Man show. I worked at a small bar show in West Virginia. It was, was what it was. Um, I worked eight consecutive matches that night. And that was, it was rough. It was rough.
1: Okay. I that was. So. What's the most memorable match that you have refereed?
2: For me personally, probably Killian McMurphy versus Jimmy Valiant. Just because it was the most fun I have ever had in a match. Like, absolutely fantastic. He was so much fun to work with. He made it easy. I hardly had to do anything. And he just he made it was really hard. It was really hard because I really pride myself on not breaking character in the ring and not laughing and not but he made it difficult. I was on the verge of laughter the entire show Haas, I think you were at that one too. I'm pretty yeah. sure you were at that show. Yeah, and you can I, see it I was in my at face. a lot of them. <laughs> You'd already known me long enough at that point, and this was how many years ago? But I just <laughs> I had a hard time because it was just so funny the entire time
1: so all right, and I want to apologize to to Michael Lily it's Michael not Michelle i I did mistakenly say Michelle what? <laughs> <laughs> so that that's my bad I apologize, but uh, night owl, let me go ahead and throw it back to you because because once again you know I, I know the guests so well and you know I you know, I talk to her on a regular basis, so this is one of the first times you get to talk to her. So
0: there's that southern hospitality I love. You're such a gentleman, Hoss. I love you so much, bro. And you know, I got questions for days. This is what I do. This is what I love doing. I love interviewing people from all facets. And um, I don't know if you heard my intro before John's intro. Firsts are a big deal, and and you're part of this movement. Um, you know, people call it the women's revolution. Call it what the hell you want. What it is, is women making a stamp on professional wrestling that we've never seen before from a perspective we've never seen before. I mean, I've been lucky enough to interview some pretty badass women. Uh, Thunder Rosa, my personal favorite, Jeannie Bus, the owner of the Los Angeles Lakers. I've had an opportunity to interview her and the uh, Danny Moe, and the list goes on and on and on, all these incredible talented people. But with refs, particularly female refs, it's not that common. So I'm curious – where do you see yourself fitting into the landscape of all the women making these big moves in professional wrestling? You, I don't know how you see yourself. I don't know if you're like, oh, I'm just out here, you know, doing my little thing over in my little corner, or do you recognize that you're playing an integral part in a much larger movement—the Aubrey Edwards of the world? You know, we talked about some of the uh, the coaches and stuff in the NFL and in the NBA and so on and so forth. So, how does that make you feel? I don't know if you got boys or little girls. I know you said you had kids. Is that something you go back to like, hey, guys, I don't know if you know this, but mom, blah, 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 right? I mean, you're you're in Virginia, right, John? Didn't we have a, a woman just win the lieutenant governor race or something? I mean, women are killing the game, regardless of what side of it you're on. So long question. Hopefully, it's not a short answer. What role do you feel like you play in this movement, Danica? Because it's, it's a really important one, not only for the sport of wrestling, but I think for women in general. It's a big thing. I got daughters myself. And I'm always inspired when I sing things like this. So share with us your perspective.
2: So for me, when I first started, the there were only, I'd only ever seen two other women referees in the indie League. There was Cheyenne Anders, who actually helped train me. Um, she's absolutely phenomenal. And I watched um, MCW out of Maryland, and I saw ref Becky Phillips. And I just thought it was the most amazing thing because – Up until then, I had I'd only been I've only really been a wrestling fan for about ten years now, so I didn't start watching wrestling until I was an adult, and I came into it with kind of like we were still with like the Kelly Kellys and the the Diva thing,
0: right? Beth Phoenix and
2: right right like Beth Phoenix and um was that before Bella's? It was um, my first ever live wrestling event was uh, WrestleMania 28. So it was during um, it was during the Bella's era. um, But it was just it was still very diva centric. And I was just like, "Uh, uh, mm, I don't know if that's for me. I don't really see myself as like that. But when I started seeing women referees, I was like, that is that is the step that we need because referees are such a central part of wrestling, we are part of the storytelling. We are all the credibility for this being a real sport. Can, you know? can i share so- an
0: analogy? Can I, can I share an analogy? I think you guys will appreciate this. So I don't remember. I may, maybe it was Bob Evans. Shout out, Uncle Bob. Or maybe it was Tracy Smothers. We were talking about referees, and they said the promotion is the board the puzzle pieces and the hands are the wrestlers, but the refs are the glue. Is that, is that fair? So like no one really sees what you do. Cause you're not on the back. You're not on the top. You're right in the middle, but it's such an essential layer to what the sport is about that you, you guys are what give it a sense of reality. You guys are the ones that are disqualifying and keeping people out of the corner and making sure they don't hit that five count. So I love that analogy. I don't know what you think. I want to let you continue, but I, I always love that because it really tells how important a referee is on any level of the sport, whether it be way up high or, or down on the end of or whatever. It's absolutely critical. How do, how do you feel about it?
2: Oh, no. I think that's absolutely perfect. It, honestly, it's 100% true. You can have great wrestlers, you can have a great promotion, but if you don't have good refs along with that, then you're just going to get guys running around in a ring beating on each other and it's not there's no credible storytelling there's no cohesiveness to it you there's got to be somebody there to hold it together and make it what it is and it takes every single person in that ring to make it good
0: you ever found yourself in a situation where you felt a little bit overwhelmed in there you maybe lose your place and and if that's happened how do you bounce back from that i'm I'm curious because that's got to be like a Oh my god, I forgot the words of the song. Like it's gotta be one of those moments, right?
2: Uh yeah, actually. And it was um I was roughing a match with Jerry Sags. It was a hardcore match. I it was like my second ever hardcore match that I had ever done. And I got lost and I got confused. And it was like it was one of the largest crowds I had ever worked up until that point. It was I was and you know, he got me through it. He got me through it. Um it's you know, it's ninety percent communication. And
0: so, so one of the workers got you brought you back.
2: Jerry Sachs brought me back.
0: Oh, Jerry, lifesaver.
2: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. He brought me back to it. He, you know, he made he reminded me that, you know, hey, you know, keep keep moving, keep going. We've got to get through this. And we did. We did, we got through it and it was honestly, it ended up being really good at the end of it because I just, I needed that little bump. I think I just, my nerves had hit. My nerves had hit. And,
0: and how big of a crowd are we talking about here?
2: I I think that one was, it was, it was several hundred, but I had only been working for a couple of years for like two or three years at that oh, point. yeah.
0: That's intimidating.
2: So it was, I was just really intimidated at that point
0: but you made and, it out and
2: to be in the ring and doing that kind of match with somebody who is like legendary.
0: A lot of pressure. Yeah. Cause I've, I've heard it said also that as a referee, like you want to be present, but not noticeable. Right. So like
2: you don't want Absolutely, people. The, right. The best compliment that I can ever receive when I'm done with a match. And because I always ask, you know, is there anything that I can do better because I always want to improve. And the best compliment I've ever received, and I've received it several times, is I didn't even notice you were there.
0: That's perfect.
2: We don't need to be noticed until it's necessary.
0: That's perfect. Well, we do have about 10 minutes left. And, John, if you want to jump in here, feel free. But just like I did with um, Cisco, I want to actually ask Danica about something non-wrestling related. So first question, I don't know if you're like Apple Music, YouTube, Pandora, Spotify, doesn't matter. Give us some of the top songs on your playlist, whether you're at the gym or you're cooking dinner or you're heading to work or whatever. What are you listening to these days? I'm curious. What gets you hyped and fired up for your day?
2: I listen to mostly like 90s punk music, rancid, social distortion, bad brains, um, anything like that really. I listen to a lot of classic rock. So, uh, Led Zeppelin is probably my top right now. Um, I'm also super into Greta Van Fleet, which is pretty much Zeppelin 2.0.
0: Yeah, Greta kills, though. So, for those who don't know, see, y'all didn't know your boy knew about Greta. I'm people looking at the night like, you don't Yeah, I do. Pay attention. All right. So, video games and movies, either one. Give me a couple off of each list if you love both or if you're more of a movie than a video game person. What do you what are you digging right now?
2: I'm more of a gamer than a movie person. Okay. Um, if I do movies, it's usually like super super nerdy. I love Lord of the Rings. That's like my big whole thing. Um, I'm a big Matrix is, guy. I Love Matrix. My house is decorated with a lot of Lord of the Rings
0: stuff. Favorite character? Um, Gandalf. Duh. Gandalf. Gollum. Yeah. My, precious. come on, man, that's my. Feet. He's so crazy. It's come like on. me. Gandalf's whatever. a
2: demigod. He's amazing.
0: Okay, fair enough. But all I know is when I see tacos, I'm like Gollum. I'm like,
1: my precious.
0: Saved- <laughs> it happens to me every time. What about you, huh? Hossler? What's your favorite Lord of the Rings character? You got to have one.
1: Actually, no, I've never really gotten into the Lord of the Rings that much. I've seen bits and pieces of it, but I've never really taken the time to sit down and watch the whole thing and, and gotten into it.
0: Oh, oh, That's fair. It's long. No, 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 no! You don't let him off the hook. This is what he gets for that. Fucking wutches! <laughs> you get the Iron Sheik for that. Shame on Whatever. you!
2: Yeah. Immediately, Definitely
0: right
2: a... Definitely more of a gamer than anything,
0: though. Got you, though. By the way, Haas, you've got homework between now and next week. You got to watch all eighteen of the Lord of the Rings movies. All right. <laughs>
1: Yeah, sure. I'll get right on that. <laughs> Full <Four>, report,
0: <four>, dude, <laughs> next Tuesday.
2: Listen, uh, I want a book report by Saturday. That's right. No, Tuesday. I'll Tuesday. see you.
0: We got to give it till <laughs> Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, at least a week. My man, you're going to need a lot of coffee, dude. Uh, all right, so one last personal question. So uh, I know you're a family person, right? You love your family or whatever. Um, talk to me about that feeling like when you finish a match and you go back and you hug the fam and you see the kids – is that part of what keeps you going in the sport? Because it's obviously a dangerous thing that you do. People think referees like, ah, you're not even wrestling or whatever. But we discuss. You guys are in the line of fire probably a little bit more than you'd like to be, especially if Shane Malice is involved. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but My point is, when you're all done, you've made it out, even if you're a little bumped and bruised, talk to us about that feeling, that process, how, what it gives you. How does it fulfill you to, um, to have those moments?
2: I, I love it. My boys are so proud of me every time they watch me do what I love. Um, they think that I am just the coolest thing on the planet. They tell their friends, their teachers at school are like, my mom gets in wrestling rings and she's a referee and she's amazing. And to be a six and an eight-year-old's hero is kind of cool. Like, honestly, uh, they it, that makes me prouder than anything else like all the accolades in the world not equal out to seeing my kids light up when I walk out to the ring and hearing them cheer for me even though I'm not a wrestler you know but well, and, and also you know like you're still their favorite the, the fear bet. yeah right and then sometimes the fear when they see me get hurt like that that hurts a little bit and it's it's I love the I love the family feel like especially with me working at WDWA, because if they see me, you know, get hurt, there will be people that will bring them back to me in the in the locker room area so that they can check in on me, make sure I'm OK, because they like to sit out in the crowd and watch. But if they see something happen to me, the first thing they do is they're right back in that locker room checking on mom. And I love it.
0: That's got to be so incredible. I can only imagine. And uh, I also can imagine that it's hard to explain to Children that young, because I got kids of my own, ranging in ages and stuff, and so it's at some point like they don't fully grasp it yet. Do your kids grasp it yet? Do they get it a hundred percent? That mommy's like, you know, working, so to speak. Yeah,
2: um, my oldest one does. He understands. He's eight. He gets it. He's totally into the whole thing. He's he's a very smart kid. He. Like he gets in the ring and he bumps and he runs the ropes and he does his rolls and everything. So he's he's like a future superstar. Um, The little one, not as much. He's you know he's still very much is like wrestling is real and you're gonna hurt yourself and people are killing my mom. Right. So he uh, he has a burning I mean, hatred of Shane Malice right
0: we, we all do, though. I mean, let's be real.
2: <laughs> Get in line, uh, kid. <laughs> yeah, he's not a fan.
0: Right. Now, who would be? Beat up my mom? Oh, wait till I grow. Shane Malice is going to be 80 years old getting beat up <laughs> by your son. <laughs> I, I'll be there. I'll do the interview with your boy, too, after. It'll Absolutely. Be, <laughs> it'll be fantastic. Um, and last question pertaining to personal stuff. Um, who in your family... Uh, was it like a brother, a sister, your mom, uh, wh- husband, whoever? Like you said 10 years ago, you've been watching wrestling. Who was like the person that kind of planted that seed with you?
2: When I first started dating my husband, um, he was a huge wrestling fan, gigantic wrestling fan. The very first event that I ever went to was a WrestleMania 28 in Miami. Um, he had gotten me into watching uh, and i had only been watching for... God, six months at the time, and he's like, I really want to go. I really want to go. And I was like, okay. So I bought five tickets to WrestleMania. Yeah. Oh, nosebleeds, nosebleeds. I was a broke college. It don't year. matter though. <laughs> <You're>,
1: it don't <laughs> matter.
0: You're in the building, like
2: yes. And it, it was matter. absolutely yeah. incredible. And me and him and two of my friends from college and one of their kids all packed into a tiny little Ford Focus and drove four hours to Miami <laughs> to watch WrestleMania.
0: Incredible. Yeah, it was
2: and, absolutely incredible. And there was no
0: going back after that, right? You're like, none, okay, yeah, none. I'm doing this.
2: And for me, it was uh, Undertaker versus Triple H in the Hell in a Cell. I was just like, yeah, I'm done. I'm hooked. It's here.
3: Wow. Legendary like, that was my first,
2: That was my very, I had never been to a wrestling event, never an indie thing, nothing. This was my first experience with live wrestling. And everybody's just like, that is the most incredible first live mm-hmm. event ever.
0: You probably like my wife. She's looking around like this many people like wrestling. I'm like, yeah, a lot of people like. So A lot of people like wrestling, and and now she sees it. Rocks a huge movie star. You know, John Cena's a huge movie star. Like these things translate so well. So so thank you for sharing all that personal stuff with us. That's that's fantastic. We really appreciate it. Um, so a lot of Lord of the Ring comments, Scott. Uh, I love you. You make amazing mugs uh scott scott rathbone from rathbone engraving he's kind of with you i'm getting hate now
1: at, at least somebody agrees with me but wait,
0: you're just, <laughs> you're popping the crowd because you don't like lord of the rings no man everyone should be in agreement here boo you no i'm just kidding
1: <laughs> all right so here I, it is. i've been given an assignment real quick what's that so last week there was a little bit of heat okay so uh what is the thing between Bo Ross and you? That, uh, you know, you were giving him heat last week. <laughs> I
2: was giving him heat last week. So, Bo Ross and I came up through the House of Pain at the same time. We trained together. I learned most of the stuff that I know about wrestling itself from Bo. So, like, running the ropes, learning how to bump, learning how to chain. He's thrown me around more than anybody else. Uh, I've taken so many body slams.
0: And hold on, hold just, on. Is this is Bo buttering up the ref? Because I like I like how he's thinking. If he's buttering up the ref. I gotta say I'm gonna put that in my notebook. I will that. tell you.
2: I will tell you right now. I think I have raised his hand in victory twice.
0: Okay, so in he's not years. buttering up. Okay, fair. He's enough.
2: Not up. He's not buttering up the ref. We <laughs> no, have a lot. He's of, we. It's, it's
1: it's it's gentle it.
2: heat. It's gentle heat between each other. We have a love hate relationship. Very good buddies. I hate the. Uh, I hate he. He's a heel. He's a classic heel. He has this gigantic, humongous wrench that he carries with him to the ring, and more times than I can count, that thing has been used in matches, and I'm like, you make this very hard for me to be your friend and also keep this unbiased. Like, <laughs>
0: <laughs> You're kind of coming out with a weapon of mass destruction, Bo. Sorry. Either that, or, I mean, I've heard some of the fans say that he may be compensating for something. I guess we'll never know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Bo. Don't, please don't kill me, bro. Bo, Bo's a, Bo's a, <laughs> a nice guy. He's been a guest on the show. He was fantastic. I, I, I saw. Uh, all right. So anyway, enough shenanigans. Let's get into something that I think, and some of the folks have been telling me that uh, the um, official, the respected official, Danica Myers, may come off real sweet and nice, but she's also someone to not mess with. And I always believe that people that are tough like that, it all comes out of a competitive spirit. So I would like to challenge you. Oh, shout out to the legendary Hall of Famer, Herb Simmons of SICW fame. Sir, thank you for being here. I would like to challenge you, official Danica Myers, to a little bit of a trivia challenge tonight. We call it the Wrestle Talk Podcast Game Show Challenge. You look like you're game, but I have to ask out of respect. Are you game?
2: I, again... Having not nearly as much wrestling experiences, either one of you, I'm I'm up for the challenge, but I'm probably gonna do terrible.
0: All right. Well, I've only been a serious fan for about six years myself, and let's just say let's just say I self medicate a lot, so like my memory isn't that great. I'm gonna just be honest.
1: <laughs> Billy says she can be scary.
0: Okay, only we'll see. You, Billy. Only to you, Billy. <laughs> And and anybody um who doesn't want to get uh their hands from a six-foot-one gal that uh got the stripes on, be respectful. I'll say it. I've seen it, I've seen the videos, be respectful. But anyway, I'm taking you down, Danica. I think because I think it's you versus me in the trivia challenge. Am I right about that, Hoss? That is
1: correct. I Just, have the questions right here.
0: Let's do it, let's go ahead and queue up. Tonight's edition of the Wrestle Talk podcast, Game Show Challenge.
1: All right, take it away, Hoss. Welcome to this week's installment of the world-famous Wrestle Talk podcast, Game Show Challenge. Tonight's contest is scheduled for the best two out of three falls. Tonight's co- contestants are the Russell Talk Podcast Zone, Night Owl, Renee Martinez, and Danica Myers.
0: Hey, hey! It's official, Danica Myers. Be respectful, Haas.
1: Well, that that wasn't put in my script. I'm sorry.
0: Okay, <laughs> my bad. I think I might have wrote that.
1: In a few moments, I will ask you three questions about a particular professional wrestling topic. Whenever you think you know the answer to the question, just shout out your answer. In honor of tonight's guest, the Wrestle Talk Podcast game show challenge category is special guest referees at WrestleMania. I will give. Okay. You a- okay. <laughs> Wait a minute.
0: So this is about referees in WrestleMania. I've never refed, and I've never been to WrestleMania. Guess
1: who has? Well, it looks like she has an advantage, <laughs> doesn't it? You. you mm. mm. <laughs> <laughs> let I've only been a fan. <laughs> I will give information about three individuals who have been special guest referees at WrestleMania. When you think you know who I'm talking about. Please shout out your answer. The first person to win two falls will win tonight's contest. Do you both understand the rules? Got it.
0: Okay, so you give the clues, and as soon as we know, we just shout it out, right? Correct. Okay, gotcha. Let's do it.
1: Are you ready to go? Ready. Let's do it. All right, question number one. At the first WrestleMania, this late professional boxer was a referee in the main event. Muhammad Ali. That is correct. Come on, man. I had it right here. Okay.
0: It's just
1: one. It's just one. All right. Question number two. At WrestleMania 14, this world champion boxer and WWE Hall of Famer was the guest referee in the main event between the heartbreak... That is correct. Danica has already won the game show challenge.
2: <laughs> I was wearing the my I was wearing the Shane I was wearing
0: the Shane shirt earlier. My favorite freaking WrestleMania. Okay,
1: okay. I tell you what, I'm okay. gonna give you the third question just so you have a chance, night owl, to redeem yourself and not okay. get swept.
0: Okay, yeah. Listen, no matter what happens, your boy the night owl. I'm not getting swept. Just put that in the bank already. Okay.
1: Okay. At WrestleMania 10 There were two guest referees Mr. Perfect refereed the match Between Yokozuna and Lex Luger For the WWF Championship The other guest referee A WWE Hall of Famer Refereed the match between Brett the Hitman Hart and Yokozuna
0: Shawn Michaels?
1: No He wore a kilt. Oh, Roddy Piper. Roddy Piper. Look, look, she just swept you. <laughs> <laughs> Got <he. laughs> Gotti. <he. laughs> Night out. I gave you a chance to redeem yourself, and just play the freaking music. I don't want to hear. <laughs>
0: I lost, but I'm still happy. You know why? Because we just had an amazing show. Thank you, official Danica Myers, for being here tonight and being such a good sport, letting us talk our trash and get to know you a little bit better. I I, I I think I speak for all of us. Really enjoyed your visit today.
2: Thank you so much. I had so much fun with you guys. It's been fantastic.
0: Hey, you had the comment section popping today. Everybody was in here. I don't know you're over I-, I hope the boys don't get jealous the refs sometimes will get a big pop hey let me ask you last question last question you ever get a bigger pop than the boys uh
2: haas knows the answer to that oh <laughs> i knew haas, it yeah haas knows I the answer to that um, and
0: i mean what can you do right <laughs> That's good stuff.
1: I've, I've honestly seen several times where the referees have gotten a larger pop than the wrestlers at WDWA wrestling matches.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, it happens. That means you're doing a great job. Well, Danica, before you go, two last bits of business. Number one, welcome as the newest member of the WrestleTalk family. And Thank you. secondly, tell us where you're going to be in action next and how people can follow you on social if you're into that kind of thing.
2: Uh, You can follow me on Facebook at Danica Myers, um, Danica May Myers. Uh, My next show is going to be this Saturday at WDWA. We are having the Turkey Brawl 5. I am super excited for that. The Turkey Brawl is always one of my favorite matches. Ten minutes, ten men, one football, and somebody's going to get a turkey and a trophy. We've got the return of our inaugural women's champion, Kenzie James versus Izzy McCoy. We're going to have ISP versus... um, Cousin Clay and Demarcus Kane. We're going to have the Radical Stars back, but they're going to be doing singles action, which is wild. That's like not a thing that usually happens. Bo Ross, Eric Jones. It's just going to be an absolutely incredible show on Saturday.
0: It is indeed. And thank you for sharing all that with us. I know you've made a couple of new fans today. uh, Myself and the other members of the WrestleTalk family included – Any other parting messages, shots, trash talk, anything like that you want to get off before we close out tonight's show? Uh,
2: Just, you know, anybody can anybody who wants to put in the work, anybody who wants to put in the work, and especially the women, especially the little girls that look and they see us and they think that they can never do this. You can do this. You can a thousand percent do this. There are so many women coming up in the world right now and doing absolutely amazing things. There are so many firsts happening right now, and we have every opportunity to be just as big of stars as the men do, and all you have to do is want to and put in the work, and you can do this, and you can be something, and you can be amazing.
0: Boom. I love that. John, Hardcore Hoss. any final thoughts for either the fans of the show or Miss Danica
1: herself? I just want to thank uh, both for being here, Danica and the fans. You know, uh, it's great to have you here, and we've really enjoyed the uh, interview with you. And congratulations on sweeping the night out!
0: I want revenge.
1: <laughs> I want revenge, and you know what? Maybe I should have
0: tried the buttering up. The dang you, Bo! I should have thought of that before. (laughs) Hey, thanks so much for being here, guys. Uh, Just like uh, Danica's kids, you can definitely watch the replay. We kept it relatively clean today. So I'll say I'll give this show a rating of like PG-13. If your parents are around, you can go ahead and watch it anyway. But I'll say this and I'll echo exactly what you said, Danica. Um, All you got to do is want it. Right. And be willing to do the work. Remember, the main event starts in here, then it happens out here. You got to have it here, then it goes here, then it comes out here. So thank you for the encouragement and the honesty and the fun. And hopefully we'll talk to you again soon. I don't know, in the next couple of months or so. Hopefully we'll talk to you in the springtime. And You got some big things popping if you're down to come back. Absolutely. Cool. All right. Well, hey, thank you so much. And thanks for being a part of episode 370.
2: Thank you, guys.
0: See you, Danica. Thanks for being
2: here. Bye. Peace.
1: See you Saturday.
0: <laughs> wow. John. Bro, you got the dude. We're just going to put you on guest duty from now on, all right? <laughs> <laughs> you gotta bring everybody. No, I'm just kidding. No, no, no. I got a couple of guys, man. Uh, Mitch Onyx is gonna be coming on the show here before too long. We're gonna reschedule Slammer. If you guys remember that from about a month ago, we were trying to get Slammer on, the connection was real bad. So we're going to keep bringing heat from the Midwest. John, do you mind if I hit on a couple of things super-duper quick before we go that I, I didn't get a chance
1: to touch on today? Hey, feel free, my man.
0: Okay, uh, number one, I don't feel like I was cheated. I just feel like I'm kind of rusty uh, when it comes to the game show challenges. I will be back more often, and I promise you guys I will be ready uh, for whoever my challenger is. I'll probably still lose, but I try not to get swept. How about that? Is that fair? <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, number one um, – Shout out to Miranda Gordy, who's going to be appearing on AEW uh, in the next week or so. Um, our friends over at Mid States Wrestling uh, shared with us that not only is she going to be there, Luke Langley and Ryan Greenness, also known as Ryan Mantell, is going to be working for AEW Dark uh, this coming. Well, I think they were on tonight. So shout out to all of our Midwestern folks doing big things uh, on the big stage over at AEW. Uh, also, uh, wanted to break the news that Journey Pro Wrestling is back at the end of November. They had to unfortunately cancel their last show. You know, shit happens or whatever. But November 26th at Blip Roasters for Thanksgiving. Make sure you guys follow our friends over at Journey Pro Wrestling for more information on that. And then I th- believe I had one last thing that I wanted to talk about uh, and it's two in one. Number one, Ring of Honor, we love you. Uh, they're not done yet, folks. They're closing down shop, at least from what I understand, temporarily in January. But in December, they still have final battle. And you guys already know Dalton Castle, uh, Jonathan Grisham, uh, you know, Silas, uh, the list goes on and on over at Ring Honor. You got a lot of talented people, even on the female side. You got Maria Canellas and, and so on and so forth. So they're not dead yet, guys. If you get an opportunity, they're going to be in Baltimore, Maryland at the Chesapeake Employees Insurance Arena uh, on December 11th. Make sure you guys try to show them some love and let them know what the Wrestle Talk podcast sent you. And then last but not least, we are registered for the AEW Full Gear Media Call. We'll bring you. Um, Fresh report off of that call. And last, very, very last, but not least, uh, MLW Azteca The Clash uh, was announced today. It's going to take place in Tijuana, Mexico. It's a co-promotion show between The Clash, Lucha Libre, and MLW Azteca, which is their new Latino wing, over at Major League Wrestling. The card is going to be crazy. It takes place on December 3rd, and tickets can be purchase that super boletos that super boletos uh court bauer was quoted saying on december 3rd i'm going to take mlw to mexico uh for the best luchas in the world uh i'm sorry that was from caesar duran uh the clash is a fantastic reputation for their spectacular events and uh now we give renegades a day under the luchas like never before so it's going to be absolutely huge and remember caesar duran was the general manager who ran uh lucha underground as Dario cueto so i wanted to make sure i hit on all those things because we get a lot of love and support from those folks and the wrestle talk podcast we do a lot of things we like to put on a good show and we like to reciprocate the love so to anybody who tuned in today first person to send me a message saying that they want this action figure get it absolutely free courtesy of the wrestle talk podcast we're not even gonna make you pay for the shipping all that said john renee luke skywalker roberts Chris Rodell, Jeremy Karp, and the rest of the team thanks you for being a part of tonight's episode of the Talk Podcast. John, I love you, bro. Thank you for everything, man.
1: You know, it, it's been a blast. And, I, you know, I've even gotten a message from a first-time viewer tonight who has said that they are tuning in next week. They absolutely love the show. And, you know, we we want to thank you for that and, you know, hope you keep tuning in. And hope we just keep entertaining you the way that we have tonight.
0: No doubt about it. And listen, guys, eventually we'll get to like the fancy overlays and in uh, the music being perfect and all that shit. We're going to get to that. I promise you, because you can tell we're working on it. But what we're always going to bring you every week from now until infinity is great guests, quality content, and a love of professional wrestling that you will find nowhere else other than WrestleTalkPodcast.com. Signing off, on behalf of the WrestleTalk family and the FWWC, I am the Night Owl. He is Hardcore Hoss. We'll see you guys next week. Peace.